Welcome back to another episode of the Boys of 161st Street, episode 125. Getting up to episode 161, David. Yes. <laughs> that's going to be a big day. That's the goal. That's going to be a big day. Got to throw a party that day. Today, we're always, as always, you're joined by Luke and Damon. Murph and Chandler decided to just go fuck off for where, I don't know where they are, so we got my guy Greg in here. Greg making his debut on the pod in the dark, but he's got, he's making it, he's making it happen. So how are you, Greg? What's going on? Yeah, the lights behind me are pretty shit, but uh, I'm doing good. It's all right. You'll make it happen. Damon, how you doing? Fucking fantastic, man. Huh? Fantastic. How about you get off your phone trying to do a podcast? I'm trying to do some housekeeping and put the swipe up on Instagram. So Corey so Kluber we're, threw we're a fucking watch. no-hitter yesterday, yeah. huh? That was pretty fucking exciting. You know what's funny? On that no-hitter, like just I was looking at the other no-hitters that were thrown this year. Obviously, there's been six so far. One more, and would tie the record for the most no-hitters thrown in a season. And it's May 20th, so... You know, there's that. We're going to get into a little bit of debate on that, whether what's that's the a problem or not. Huh? What's the number? What's, what's what? It said six. Oh, what? Okay. But technically seven if we're counting Bumgarner. We're not counting Bumgarner. If, if, if Bumgarner was in pinstripes, I would count it. I said that before, but <laughs> it's he's it's not, he's not, and it doesn't count. But six no-hitters, one more ties the record in May. I think we're there by tomorrow. I mean, at this rate, I feel, I feel like there's been one every other week. You know what's funny? The teams that got no hit, it's the same three teams. Each team got no hit twice. It's the Rangers got no hit by us, and the Padres, Musgrove threw against them. Uh, Cleveland got no hit twice already this season by Rodon and Wade Miley, and Seattle got no hit twice by Means and uh, Spencer Turnbull. Tough, tough sledding for those teams. You know, you get no hit once, it's just kind of embarrassing. I mean, obviously, it makes sense. I mean, all of these teams you'd expect to get. Actually, maybe not Cleveland as much. They haven't been super horrible this year, whereas, you know, Texas is kind of an obvious team to get no hit. All of them are kind of home run or bust for the most part, like Joey Gallo. You know, when, when Kluber was coming down to it and Joey Gallo came up, then Chris Davis came up, like, I was feeling great. Like, those are great players, but, you know. If there ever was a person you want up there to not get yeah. it, the odds of them getting a hit, not a home run, because whatever. And and those kind of players, I feel like, would be pressing more because, you know, hey, I'm about to get no hit. I'm going to try and fucking poke one out. Because they don't have that kind of instinct to just, oh, let me just slap one. They don't do that. So I don't think I don't think they were built for the moment of breaking up a no-hitter. So I was feeling good. Obviously, I thought every little thing was going to go wrong at the end. That That catch that Wade made, I thought that was for sure down. The one before that. Yeah. I thought there was a lot of hits that inning. Like, off, off the bat, I thought those both were hits. Yeah, they weren't all easy. A few of them were... There was a couple strikeouts, but I just feel... That, that Geo play at third base was... And then the DJ, the DJ... My nuts were in my stomach on that. DJ, too. And, and to win it, who other than the guy who's leading the league... Not the league. Leading the Yankees in defensive war. Who would have thought? Mr. Glaber Torres. Did you know that, Greg? He's leading the Yankees in defensive yeah, war. Yeah, he's, he's currently our best like, defender, which that's makes – I don't know how war is calculated. I don't really care. I'm just going to run with those that, numbers blindly and whatever. But, you know, that's just one of those things too. Like he gets the ball 
I had a feeling that he was going to botch that. And it, it was very likely that he could have botched that. But on the other hand, no hitter still would have been alive. That's I, this, I had the same thought going through my head as that happened. I saw it go to him. And I saw him. He, I don't know if you noticed, he held the ball in his hand for a while. He didn't throw it right away. And I thought, I was like, all right, at least if he throws it away, still no hitter, he still can get one more out and we can preserve this thing. But I had the same thought cross through my head. I mean, just imagine how he feels. I had my nuts in my stomach and I wasn't even playing the game, nor was I the one fielding the ball in the last play. And yeah, it wouldn't have been given up on that play because it would have been an error. But even so, like the one we were talking about, I actually had that same conversation with Damon and it was the one that was hit to Geo. And I think that would have been a hit because it was hit so hard. So, because it's a fine line between, oh, was it, you know, count as a hit? What counts as a hit because it's a tough play, a tough one to field? Because that one was a rocket. It was a short hopper to Geo. I think that would have been a hit, which, you know, more, more, <laughs> the more props to Geo for making that play because that's, that saves the no hitter. I think that is the most, you know, was there, was there, a, was there a, a play? There's always one play. Was that the play? The Geo play? You, it's you know you always think about that one play being like a dive or something, but you know that one was just as hard. That, that I've played the hot corner before; it ain't easy. So that ball coming at you short hop, and then you got to make the long throw. I knew you got time because it came at you so fast. But I feel like that's, I think that was the most impressive one. Yeah, I'd say I'd say that was most impressive. But the one that caught me off, like one that like caught me, that was that was like off the bat for sure is going to be a hit was the one on Tyler Wiggs. I thought that one was going to be a double down the line. And he, I mean, he didn't like dive or anything, but I still thought that was like a more of a relief when he caught the ball than when, when Gio did it. Cause I think that the Gio hit just happened so quickly. And Luke, you're right in saying that because that play is a lot harder than you think. And if Andujar's there, that's, that's a hit. No doubt. In my it's mind. funny you bring that it's up true. too, because wasn't, I, I was talking to Damon. I didn't know if I saw it, but I think Andujar was in left field during that. I don't know if they made a defensive replacement. He had because, to have been. Yeah, because I don't think we have a defensive replacement. Guardi, I think, was in center. Guardi was in center. Ryan Lamar was that. MIA. I think he was hurt. I don't know what was happening with him. He's I, hurt. And I don't know. Is he even a good defender? Who knows? Not gonna get. Not gonna break down Ryan Lamar because I don't know anything about the guy. I'm not gonna act like I do. But you know, I, I was I was thinking to myself, if there ever was a time to have defensive replacements, it'd be right then and there. I didn't think we had any. So I'm almost positive in the comments. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I think Miggy was out there. No, he definitely. I mean, and if you're trying to break up a no-no, hit that ball to left field. To see if well, old Miggy you, can go after you, it. This isn't about Miggy, but did you hear what Kluber said on the on the play to Wade when he was like, um, "Well, like he doesn't play out there." He's yeah, he was like, "When that ball, he's like, when that ball trade. was hit, I was definitely scared because it was going right at Tyler Wade, and he doesn't play right field." It was a nice, it was a nice way <laughs> yeah. of saying Wade was probably going to fuck that up. Yeah, he looked. Hey, that looked we, clean. We need to give Wade some credit. No, I'm going to give Wade some credit. He, he made a great play in right field, and without him, it's a zero-zero game. That's true. He did have the triple and. Tyler Wade has been providing a lot of the offense recently for the Yankees. Not a lot, but a little and more than you expected out of him. But, you know, the Yankees haven't been producing a lot of runs recently against teams not named the Orioles. And I guess we might get into that a little bit and hot or not when we get to that segment. But, yeah, overall, I mean, today's game, also a good game. Also good pitching performance by Domingo. But, you know, I mean, the talk of this episode is... Score some fucking runs. It scores some fucking runs, but, I mean, just... Good on Corey Kluber. You want to get into hot or not? Go for it. So you want to do the hots, Greg? You want to be, do the honors? 
Yeah, you're, you're our guest. We'll let you do the hots. All right. Corey Kluber. How could he not make this list? Corey Kluber throws a no-hitter. Kyle Yashioka caught him, so I guess he could get a little bit of props also to that. But this, this hot or not in particular is about Corey Kluber. He is just good. He's just very good. So, I mean, I don't, I don't foresee you selling this. I think you'd buy. I'm going to answer for you, but I'll let you go for it. Yeah, I'm definitely buying on Corey Kluber. His first couple starts were a little bit shaky. Hey, this is not the time for that. We'll get into it. Quick answers. <laughs> quick answers. We're lightning round. I know you're a rookie. Lightning you haven't been here long, right. but, you know, lightning I'm round. Buying. Next. I'm buying. Domingo Herman, 19.1 innings pitch and three starts, three runs, three walks, 1.41 ERA. Buying. Buying. Okay. Yankee starters, last 30 days, lowest FIP in the MLB at 3.07, 12-5. Most innings pitched at 161. Shout out us. Highest <laughs> war at 4.2. This is just the starting staff? Yeah. Buying. So you wanted to get into it. I had to pump the brakes on that a little bit. I know you're new, but that's not the time to get into the nitty-gritty. Now that time is now. So you bought all of that. You got deep pockets. So my thinking, I can't not buy the third one if I'm buying the first two. I can't buy yeah. two out of the rotation pieces with Cole being the third as an obvious buy and go off it. So I thought that was a must buy, but Kluber has really done very well since his, his start. He, he was definitely a little bit shaky and I think it was definitely knocking the rust off. It's going to be very interesting to see what happens in his next start after this. I don't know. Was this his highest pitch count so far this year? It, yeah, it was. Yeah. He, it was his highest pitch one count on one. going. Yeah. But it was his highest pitch count going into the eighth inning. So he went even like he went even more than, his highest. I think he was yeah, cuz like his highest was in the 8th, I think. I got to double check that. I think it was that day that Sunday afternoon that I just where were you on that Sunday afternoon? I was on my fire escape watching the game cuz I'm innovative as fuck and I set up a little TV on the outside, but you know, I think that was definitely his next best. I mean, just look at back at the game logs. He's been having masterful performances and it's not any secret that he's doing this well. I mean, his season stats now He's four and two with a two eight six ERA, one one seven WHIP, and fifty strikeouts. Like he's having himself a fucking season, and this is the point in the season where you expected him to, you know, have that rust like you were talking about, and he just kind of hasn't. And we talked about this before too, how it's kind of a little bit unfair to compare Jameson Tyone to what Kluber's been doing because those two are the ones that you know you're gonna probably compare the most to because they're both coming off. They haven't pitched in two years. They were both free agent signings or trades, whatever. They're both off-season ads. And I think it's a little bit unfair to compare Tyone to what Kluber's doing because we, nobody expected this out of either of them. But if they're both healthy, which they both are, knock on wood, you expected this out of Kluber and you expected not re- – we don't really know much about Tyone. We knew a lot about Kluber's pedigree and what he can do if healthy. That was never a question. So am I shocked that he's doing this? Absolutely not. I think he's going to get better as time goes on if he stays healthy, which, you know, he looks fucking good, dude. He, I I was very excited that we got him. And I know you were talking a little bit about this, uh, not on the air, Greg. You were saying, like, we should have brought back Tanaka. And, yes, I miss Tanaka, but I do think it was a one or the other situation. And if it was one or the other, who are you taking? I mean, I can't not say I'm going to take 
I have to take Kluber after the no hitter. I don't even think you should have hesitated on that. Just let it fire I, from the I hip. I love Tanaka. I'm one of Tanaka's biggest fans. He's he was always he was like our old reliable. Besides CC, who was our stopper, he was always the guy in the playoffs that I wanted to have the ball in his hand. Especially up until the, the last one. Of years. Yeah. yeah, up until last year. But, but we'll give we'll give him the benefit of the doubt on that one because it was the rainy start stop game, and that was just a weird one. But. Yeah, that game should have never even been started. But I mean, I wouldn't. I wouldn't say this. <laughs> I wouldn't say this is expected by any means. I'm saying it's expected I, to me. No, honestly, I, I expect him to be able. Am I? Are you shocked that he's pitching well? This is the yes, type of pitcher I'm very, here. I'm very. No, 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 no. I mean, not at the. I didn't expect him to throw a no hitter. I'm obviously I'm not saying that. I'm saying just in general. I'm saying his general performance this year so far. I'm. I'm shocked. I mean, oh, I'm pleasantly surprised. Yeah. I'm just saying if you were comparing the two. I expected this type of pedigree out of a guy that's won two Cy Youngs before versus both Correct. having rust and both ideally staying healthy. What do you expect more out of? I definitely have expectations for Kluber over Tyone. Yeah, Tyone, 100%, I, had no, I didn't 100%. even know anything about Tyone, to be honest, coming into this I mean, season. nobody did. I barely knew the guy. I, I think I've seen him pitch one time and... I may be lying about that too. But also, like, check check <laughs> check the tapes. When we were talking about it in the off season, we said, "Let's sign a bunch of guys who are kind of healthy, and then just hopefully one of them pans out, yeah. and we'll, <laughs> you know, if one of them pans out, we got number two guy, and then hopefully the other guys figure it out." And it seems like that's working so far. We're not out of the woods yet. We're not out of that. the woods, but it's looking it's looking like I didn't hear you knock promising. on wood either. Okay, That's thank you. Wood. But one little thing that I did, did want to bring up on Kluber is, you know, we're talking about how good of a pitcher he's been in the past. And just I looked into the deep dive and a little analytics. Don't want to get too nerdy on all of y'all listening, but it's just cool. It's nice to see little things like you compare back to the 2015 when Kluber was fucking nasty. And he had his his fastball velocity was 93.5 miles per hour. He, his average fastball velocity. He never was a fireballer, but... I mean, 93.5 is pretty damn good for a guy who can place it where the fuck ever he wants. And now his average fastball velocity is 89.3. So it's it's a pretty significant drop-off. It is early, and I expect that to climb a little bit as he gets more you know, comfortable. Not everybody can throw their fastest they've thrown in ever early on in the season like Chapman is for whatever reason. Usually, you know, Cole's doing the same thing too. Usually, like, towards August, they start really being in midseason form, i.e. the term mid-season form it's they they need time to get that going a little bit and maybe it does come up but i mean last year's a bad example too because he's only thrown one inning on the rangers which is super funny that they did you see that they did uh bobblehead night Corey yeah. <laughs> Corey kluber bobblehead night who who thought of that and it, it's only right that you do Corey kluber bobblehead night and then he no hits you that night too so the funny. only thing I could think of is that they had them from a game last year and they never got to give them away because, because he, he only threw one inning. Yeah. <laughs> so they thought, all right, he's going to be here pitching tonight. Let's just give him away now. We I already mean, have why them. Not, right? Why we already not? have them. We might as well not waste them. Like he's back. Let's, let's they, they probably him. thought like nothing of it. They were just like, all right, we want to give something away. We got nothing left. Let's just give these fucking bobbleheads away and uh, clear up some space. You got to, <laughs> you got to believe, out, you got to believe no too. Hair. Like, they're probably sitting in a round table talking about that, and they're thinking, okay, we're going to give these things away. The only way this looks really bad and embarrassing is if he no-hits us. <laughs> yeah. There's no way that happens, right? He, ha- he hasn't thrown past the eighth inning this year. He hasn't thrown past – he's thrown one inning in the last two – one and a half years. He's thrown 
barely thrown in the last two years. There's just no way it happens. And then it blows up in their face. I kind of that I want those bobbleheads to be selling on eBay, and I'm sure there's a lot of them because that that was another cool thing about that. Not to get too sidetracked, packed house. Yeah. So he did it in front of fans, not only fans, a full house. So that's fucking awesome for him too, and good for him, especially good for him. Kudos to the guy tipped a cap because that's his first one too. Throw that in the fucking trophy case. Two Cy Youngs and a no hitter now. Now. Is was he a Hall of Famer before the no hitter? Glad you brought that up because I was gonna do it if you didn't. I put that out yesterday as like a little bit of a poll. People are obviously saying yes last night. Hard to not because he just threw a no hitter. But I I'm I don't know. I'd have to look more into the the pitchers who do get in and the wars they have. So if somebody could pull that up, but. You know, I mean, two Cy Youngs is pretty damn fucking good. Not many pitchers have two Cy Youngs. I mean, we're talking about DeGrom being an active Hall of Famer because he did it back-to-back, but he's got two. I mean, back-to-back or not, if you got two in the fucking trophy case, I'm going to take that no matter what. Um, I don't think his war numbers are super high because he's been in and out of... He's really had, like, six dominant years. Like, he had a good stretch of years, and then he's obviously been in and out of the lineup. I do think... He's borderline right now. If not, at the very least, I think I'd give him a no at this very moment because it, you know, we've seen so many people not make the Hall of Fame because they haven't done it for so long. And the Hall of Fame is like the top 1% of 1% who make it. So I don't know that he's done it long enough. I think if he has a little bit of a Verlander revival, like it seems like he's hopefully, you know, having right now and, you know, hopefully does that in pinstripes. I want them to extend him. Then I think we can talk about more of like a sure thing, of course. Like then I don't even think it's a question. I think it's definitely up in the air considering how limited of of the dominance that it's been. Yeah, there. Uh, I feel like he needs to do a little bit more to, yeah, to, to I, get to the Hall of Fame caliber. I'd agree. It's he he had five really good years, and normally Hall of Fame they're looking more for a seven or ten year stretch, and in that five yep, year stretch, I mean. He, he won two Cy Youngs. He finished top three f- four years, and the other year he finished ninth. So he has five top ten finishes, which not many pitchers can say they have. But I agree, it's, it's only five years. It's more on the lower end of the spectrum. Like, But, I mean, he's definitely got a chance if he can revive his career now. I don't think he's got to do much more. I mean, if we're just talking in terms of war, I brought up real quick. Um, he has a war, a career war. Oh, you're scrolling far down. Yeah, he has a career war of thirty three point three, and who? Where? Like, well, I'll put it. In, I'll put at. it in perspective for you. Like, what's Verlander at? Yeah, I was just about to say that Verlander's at seventy two. Granky, probably uh, close. Granky is at sixty seven. Uh, Kershaw's at sixty eight. Yeah, I think it's a, I think Scherzer it's a out, is at no. sixty one, and then you got like the upper league guys like who are like the the top of the top have like 160 which is fucking ridiculous yeah I those think, are those that's like that's a lot of control. i think right now it's just a, a tip of the cap to an unbelievable five-year run and you know whatever comes next i i think you said greg i think it has to be a little bit i think he's got a long hearing those numbers and knowing how much they care about war to get people into the hall of fame I think he's got a long way to go. I think he needs to have just as dominant, if not like just if not close, for three more years to be in the Hall of Fame because he just he hasn't done it for that long, you know. But also, like yeah. he hasn't he hasn't really won any 
besides Cy Young and being an all-star, his only other like accolade is the ERA title. All these other guys have That's so pretty many... damn good. Didn't I know. Forgot I know. he had that. I know, but I'm saying so many other guys are like up in the record books of strikeouts and they have all these different like accolades throughout the years and on top of also Cy Youngs and stuff. So all fans, yeah, he, needs, he needs to do a lot. He needs to do a lot. He's only got fifteen hundred strikeouts. It's not like he's one of those career guys who has Yeah, like, Cole already got there. that. Yeah. yeah. Cole just got that. He's he's about there right now and I, he's got a, a decent ways to go. I mean I see the Hall of Fame's an exclusive club, and I think he's got a, he's got a long way to go on that. One more thing I wanted to bring up about his uh, current season this year is just the reason why he's doing so well. And I love looking at pitch mixes and seeing how people do, you know, year to year and everything like that. This year, his pitch mix is cutter twenty eight point six percent, curveball twenty seven percent, sinker twenty three percent, changeup fourteen, and fastball five point nine. Wow. So the fastball velocity dipped. I don't. I don't really remember how much he used it in the past, but I do know five point nine percent is fucking low. And he's got other pitches, and they work. And that's why he's so fucking dominant. And when, dude, when he was pitching last night, you could just tell he was on one. And and it, it's not even just this start, like through that that fine Sunday evening or afternoon that I was sitting out on the balcony. He was twirling it then too. It's just a dip. There is a difference in a guy like Kluber taking the mound and pitching with purpose like that. And a guy like, I hate to be a dick, but Tyone on the mound, it just kind of looks like he's, you know, laboring and getting by. There's a difference yeah. between getting by and, hey, this is my fucking day. You're mine, motherfucker, like Scherzer likes to say to people. Let's get it fucking going. And Luke, I think I know the reason. I mean, I, I might not know the reasoning, but this is my theory behind it. And I've heard other people say it too, but Kluber's, he's a pitcher. Like, there's no doubt about it. There's throwers and there's pitchers in the mm-hmm. league. Like someone like Seve, a young guy, he's he especially early in his career, he was more of just a thrower. Those are the guys that can get by by throwing 100 miles an hour and blowing it past people. But then you have a guy like Kluber, who's what you say, 89 mile an hour fastball. He's got he has to know how to pitch. Like he's got to hit his spots. He's got to know what the batters are thinking is coming and throwing the opposite. But it's I think that's one of the biggest differences with him. I'd be really curious to see what the most diverse pitcher in terms of pitch mix like who the, who the most diverse pitcher in, in terms of pitch, pitch mix you darvish is. no but you darvish guess, has like 16 pitches i, I mean <laughs> let me let me rephrase that like <laughs> like wild, split though. split evenly throughout the frequency in which they throw it so you said like 20% 20% 14% like that's that's yeah. pretty i mean the top 3 pitches he has cutter curveball sinker are all in and around 25%. So let's just say that's split down the that's middle. 75% yeah. of the pitches could be any one of those three. You don't know what the fuck's coming. And that's a cutter, curveball, and sinker. They all move in three different directions. So I that's feel like that's fucking a nasty. huge That's a huge part of his dominance. And the sinker and cutter are about the same speed. Yeah, and he's, he's, he's comfortable with it. They're all working, and he's throwing them at the same frequencies. So that just throws batters off but and then I'd, when I'd you be get a fastball like, it's like what the fuck is this yeah what the fuck is this bullshit <laughs> yeah when, when one of them stays straight yeah, yeah right <laughs> it's, like, it's like an MLB the show when you get one down the dick and then you just swing and miss because you know we're expecting it see that's weird too yeah 100% but that's weird too that like you when you're preparing for him you're expect like you walk in like Chapman for example you expect fastball you sit fastball I know he's got the other pitches now but usually like Chapman of old you're expecting fastball you sit fastball whatever that's your game plan going in 
what the hell do you do against a pitcher that that mixes it up like that? I think Pick it's kind of crazy. So Kluber, keep it going, man. Expected batting average against him has been two twenty seven, and his whiff percentage is twenty nine percent. It's pretty damn good, and those are both better than in twenty fifteen. So those are pretty good numbers. Obviously, smaller sample size, but I think it's enough of a sample size. One more thing about Kluber. I don't know if either of you guys have the stats for it, but do you, we know how many of his starts have been caught by Higgy and how many by Gary? I can't imagine Higgy not catching him ever again yeah. the rest of the year. Especially because all the high praise he gave Higgy after the game. What did he specifically say to Higgy? I remember seeing something good. He like, just said he was just said Higgy he was a, a huge part of it. He, you know, he was a great back there, and it was a huge part of the reason why... Speaking of that, we haven't really talked about that as much. I I am fully on board with this being Higgy's team. I have it's no longer at the beginning of the season, it for me specifically, it was more of Gary hate than Higgy love. I'm starting to fucking love this guy. I know his hitting hasn't been unreal. He does still have five home runs, so if you want to how many does Gary have? That who fuck cares? No, I'm just saying I'm just saying if you're if you're making the conversation about offense. They have the same, if not equal, if not a little bit better in Higgy's production offensively. And dude, this I, I man, said this, I said this, this man episode. absolutely fucking, he's, we, he we've, he's we've noticed. home runs too. Okay, same amount of home runs. So if you want more production out of, if you're like, oh, Gary can hit more home runs. Untrue. Um, just, man, we've talked about it before. Higgy is 99th percentile in pitch framing. And you can see it. That is one of those stats. You know, you look at a lot of bunch, a bunch of things like the Glaber defensive war, and you kind of like, huh, really? Are you sure about that? How's that calculated? But when you see, it doesn't really match the eye test. You know what I mean? But when you see Higgy behind the dish, and he is absolutely stealing strikes in and around, everywhere, outside, inside. We saw it yesterday. There was an. I remember specifically. There was a back-to-back pitches. One was on the low outside corner, definitely missed. He's just so good at pitch framing. The one on the outside, he brings it in. It just, just, it's, just, it's actually an art to watch. It's very cool, dude. Especially like uh, what Greg was saying before, how you know he's not just a thrower type. He's pinpointing things. He, they're trying to, you know, it's control and command, and that's what Kluber is. It's also what Cole is. Cole's also a fucking those gas, but you know he also does the control and command thing. But it's an if, art on both sides. If your control and command is your main uh, dominance when you're pitching. You need a catcher who can actually frame and know what the hell know what he's doing. Yeah, it's, an, it's totally an art on both sides, and I can't get enough of it. I love that aspect of baseball. I love the little things, I'm, the home run ball. I can do without even but, watching even watching Chapman pitch today and Gary catch. Like I don't know if you're watching, but there was a ball right at Gary. He just dropped it. <laughs> like it just like and that could and that could have been framed because it was on the outside corner, and he just it just dropped. It's ridiculous. I think this is Higgy's team. I, I'm yeah. I'm fully on board with days that Higgy is in. I'm happy on days that Gary's in. I'm not. And if that makes you cry, Gary supporters, I'm sorry, but I'm really not. I, I put out a tweet the other day saying that is it a coincidence that Higgy was catching the no hitter, and then I immediately put below it as a thread. I was like, yeah, this is a joke. Ah, just I don't don't cry, Gary supporters. And then I replied to that as like, but it's not a joke <laughs> because it's actually not. And uh, dude, it's just I'm I'm happy when he's in, not when Gary's in. But one thing I did want to talk about before we move on to the knots is obviously this no hitter happened. So let's talk about this little. I 
Well, we're gonna mix segments here because we usually do rounding third here on the Friday episode, on the Tuesday episodes, and we do hot or not on the the Friday episode. But we're gonna do rounding third because it's relevant to today. So why don't we get into the rounding third? Rounding third. So rounding third, if you're tuning in for the first time, and for Greg since he is new. Rounding third, I'm going to try and prove something. I'm going to plead my case. You're going to tell me if I'm safe or out. There'll be a play at the plate. My rounding third is about no hitters. And I think this rounding third, I think, is one of the more weird ones because you think about no hitters and how exciting they are. And, you know, there's been six in not even two months. The season is six months. It's not even summer yet, and there's been six. There's one away from the most ever in MLB history to tie it. I think it's a little bit of a problem, and here's why. It's that I think that I think the MLB has a no-hitter problem because the MLB average batting average is 236. Do you know what the lowest batting average ever is in a single season? By in like MLB? Ever in the history of the MLB since 1869. I don't I'd have to imagine it's above 250. I was going to say like I was going to say 250. The lowest batting average ever? Yeah, I was going to say 250. It's this 236. Oh. What was it before that? I oh, think. yeah, that yeah. There there's only been one time ever that it's been in the 230s, and I think it was 239 one time in like the 1890s, and everything else has been either 240 or above and some were, you know, in hot way higher, but this is the lowest batting average ever across the board in the MLB. The home the home runs per hits allowed, this is on a per game basis, is one point one four. Last year is one point two eight. And in twenty nineteen when the juice balls were at its at their peak was one point three nine, which was the highest ever. And right now one point one four is the seventh highest ever home runs allowed in a single game. Do we have a problem? That's another reason saying hey, yeah. Home runs are happening a lot. And then the other thing, the three true outcomes, home run strikeouts are at an all-time high. Also, most ever of strikeouts per game is 8.98. There's no secret as to why there have been six no-hitters. It's because people are hitting 236, striking out nine times a clip per game, and they're trying to hit the home runs more than ever. It's just... I guess it's a little, it's a little like, not confusing, but I don't, like... Is it a problem? Like, what does that what does that mean? Is it a problem? I think that's a problem. I think in, that term, in terms of what though, in terms of the MLB in terms popularity, of it not being like, exciting. I mean, I I have a blast, but you know, if everybody's trying to hit home runs, I have been a big and they're this trying about home, they're about, trying to fix home it. runs or just about no hitters. It's both. It, the home runs are the the fixation for everybody hitting home runs is causing the no hitters to happen because everyone's trying to hit the long ball thus bringing their batting average down to the lowest it's been ever, and the strikeouts are higher than they ever have been per game, too. So the, all of those things combined, it's just not as exciting as a product on the field. I Just hit the ball more. Hit more singles. It's just that's all I want, and it's just clearly not going to happen. That's the way people are coming up, and launch angle is preferred, and that's how you get paid and all that stuff. And- all right, I, I think there's a, lot, there's a lot going on here. In terms of like we're talking about launching, we're talking about home runs, talking about no hitters. What do you even? I'm just. It's everything all combined. I don't know what you're saying. But you're, why does the, it have to be one thing? Because the, the, re- the, initial, the one reason why it's a problem. Because you're saying the initial your initial question is is does MLB have a problem with no hitters? Yeah. Do they? Well, then you're good talking about home runs and shit. That's so, the point. That's what is causing the no hitters. I was I was giving evidence as to why this isn't a fluke. 
No, I'm aware. I'm aware of why no hitters are happening. I'm. My question is, so what are we talking about here? Because I asked, why is it a problem? <laughs> because I mean, that, there, I'm there's a certain level of of chance that happens with a no hitter. That's no secret too. But the odds are forever in your favor if people are hitting the ball like they never have, if they've never even seen baseballs before. This is the worst offensive production we've seen in baseball ever. The most strikeouts in the in the lowest batting average. I don't know why you're just acting like because you're dismissing these no, facts I'm trying that I'm putting to, I'm, in here. I understand the facts. I understand why it's happening. I understand everything that's going on. My question is, why is it a problem for the MLB? Because it's not fun to watch a million strikeouts. Joey Gallo had yes, like but 200 it's, strikeouts really, the other It's been really year, exciting to watch these six ago. no hitters so far. I've had a but, blast watching them. But does but it dilute when, it? Because when we're in it's easy. And we're, we're, when we're in September watching the 20th, is it going to change? <laughs> then what are we talking about there? It's I, May I, st- I, still, I still think it's exciting to watch. I don't know. It's gonna. I don't. I don't know. I was trying to find some kind of metaphor that would have been really funny. And trust me, it was. It was. I had something, but it, and it was going to be funny. But I, dude, I, it's sorry. not going to be that exciting to watch when you see the twentieth. And I. And we're I don't currently think on not pace. Be twenty. Let's do a quick math. While you, right. while you talk. Can't, it's like saying I hit one home run in the first game of the season on pace to hit 162 home runs. That's like, not the same because these are things that happen so fucking few and far between. Home runs, yeah, there's that. I know what you're talking about. When somebody hits a home run the first three games of the year, oh, they're on pace for 162 home runs. Obviously, that's not what I'm fucking talking about. He, there are six no-hitters thrown. How many were thrown in last, not last year, 2019? Someone look that up for me? I have right here. There's you been right four. Here. Four in 2019? There's been four in 2019, three in 2018, one in 2017, one in 2016. And Damon, how many have there been this year? Well, the most was in 2015. It's not a problem? Uh, six. Is there a shock as to why the most is in 2015 in the modern era of baseball where all of the batting averages and all... Every, every year... The numbers that I gave you that you just dismissed, the batting average being two thirty six. I'm not dismissing anything. I'm, a, I'm, I'm agreeing with the facts. They're all getting worse every single year. So there's I, no I, shock to me that the modern years are where the most no hitters are being thrown. I'm well aware of all these stats. <laughs> Believe me, I'm, right. I pay attention to baseball. Doesn't seem like it sometimes. But like, well, okay. So let's just say that there's there's seven no hitters in the whole season. The whole season, right? There's two more or one more. Let's just let's just say eight. Let's say eight. All right. Let's say that there's eight no hitters. There's two more the rest of the year. Or twenty five. Are we still gonna say there's a problem? Were, were people saying that in 2015 when there was seven? You're just gonna act like we're, we're just gonna throw two for the rest of the year when we've thrown six. I don't know. I don't know. We might throw two tonight. Like it's still fucking hard. What's Drew Smiley doing right now? He's got he's got a low pitch count. I don't know. Greg, what do you think? Safe or out? All right. So I'm gonna say out. But I don't know if I answered that correctly. But just so there isn't a problem, you're saying? No, I'm saying there is a problem. Okay, so I'm. But safe. I'm going to answer this like I'm in like my senior year English class, and I'm going to look deeper into your question. I think it's <laughs> okay. not just a problem with the no hitter. I think it's a problem with the entire MLB, just like you were saying, with the batting averages, the home runs, and it's a problem that was made by the MLB. So obviously, we know in 2019 there was the juice balls, right? Well. And I think that might have even been 2018, too, because that's when we started to see it. And all of these players that are now, this is their like fourth year in the league. And obviously, this isn't speaking for all of the players uh, before that, but they've adapted to using this new ball where they know if they get the perfect launch angle, it's going to be a homer. Now, this past year, the MLB has reduced that 
and they, they've changed the ball to make it not go as far in the hope that there's going to be more singles drop in, more doubles, more triples, but instead they're just fly ball outs. And it's almost like these players have like forgotten how to hit for singles. And instead of like Nick Madrigal is a great example. He could not give a shit if he hits a home run. He's hitting just about 300. All he wants is singles. Like there's no hitters like that in the game anymore. Exactly. Yeah. Like there's nobody no, gives a shit. No... And the coach, did you hear his coach too? I forget the coach's name, but he was like, dude, I don't want to hear anything. I don't give a fuck about home runs. If you aim for th- hitting 300, that's what we want out of you. And that's what I want out of everybody. I've been preaching that on this podcast. I've been saying, hey, I want a small ball team. I want to do the little things, all that stuff. Here, here's Can't the, do here's it. The thing, though. So I... it's two to one. Damon loses as oh, usual. Here's the thing. Outnumbered. You stink. Sure. Whatever you say. Um, all, all, I think that the other factor is, though, is like. You're just wrong. Oh, my God. <laughs> you're the worst person to talk to. Oh, well. Lucky for you, you're on a podcast. What I'm trying you? to fucking get out of my mouth is. It's also a big another big thing is the fact that pitchers are getting better and better every year and everyone's throwing 101 miles an hour now. Like pitchers are getting so much better and hitters are getting not worse but they're changing their their method of hitting. So it's definitely I, I wouldn't I wouldn't just blame hitters going for launch angle hitting home runs. Yeah, it's a factor but also pitchers are getting better every single year. Why can't hitters get better every single year? Because that's not how like it's so much easier to evolve and throwing faster than being able to see the ball come in like better. And I, I do like have an, to give, it's not how humans I, work. I can agree with that. I have to give Dame this too, because we've, I mean, not us personally, but I know people, fans of the MLB have had the same conversation before when the shift was just being introduced and everybody said, well, why don't you just hit around the shift? Why don't you just hit the ball down the third baseline? And they just, it's because they don't want to adjust. Yeah, yeah. I, I fucking hate the shift. This is not a shift podcast. We do not like the shift. Do you like the shift, Greg? No, I hate it, but I Good. liked it last night because DJ was in the perfect spot. I did say that. <laughs> yeah. I, did, I, I tweeted exactly that. Real <laughs> it's like, this is the one and only time that I'll ever say thank God for the shift because that I forgot to mention that on the on the plays of the game. Like Obviously, routine play cause w- based on where he was, but that was totally like <laughs> he was... That, that's a hit. That was a routine hit. Te- like a textbook single up the middle. And that was, I mean, they got the right scouting report there. So maybe that's a, p- a part of the reason why no hitters are happening more often because people are in the, in, in getting the right scouting reports on players and they're in the right, they got the lineup card and the, like, where do I stand? Where he's going to hit I it? Mean, maybe the yeah. analytics are just taking over there too. It's a combination of a lot of things. That's why I brought up a lot of things too. And I personally, if I ran the league right now, and I was Rob Manfred. One, the world would be a better place. Two, I would get rid of the shift, and I would. I don't know. I'd get How many no hitters do you think there have been? Lower the mound. MLB history. Huh? How many no hitters do you think there has been in MLB history? Six. Three hundred fifty-one. I was wow. That was really specific. <laughs> it's because I heard it like last night. Is that it? Uh, I have I have three hundred eleven <laughs> here. Okay, know. it's close to that. I knew there was a one at the end. It started with a three. More than yeah. six. There's only been 21 perfect games, though. Yeah, that's kind of upsetting that it was he. He had the didn't he have the walk in like the first? Yeah, something like that. And and he had eight yeah. perfect innings after that. <sighs> I saw people complaining too because apparently that ball four was probably a strike, but you can't say that because a three one count. Who knows what he's throwing, and if that becomes a hit, so I, whatever. I'll I'll take the no hitter. 
I genuinely think Gary wouldn't have. I think it would have not been a no hitter if Gary's on the plate. I that's not a me. That's not a me being mean to Gary thing. I genuinely believe that. I I agree. I think I saw somewhere that he didn't on that one statement. Sure, (laughs) (laughs) he didn't shake Higgy off once the entire game. No, they were locked in every time. Do they? Had the pitch. He was You're in the windup. He's getting not getting no. like not getting shaked off. No, that's a, good, that's looking... a really good point. I was wa- I was watching very closely at the end when he was like doing the little like you know outside outside fastball. He didn't say no once. No, he was just do 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 do. Okay, Papa. In. Okay, yeah, whatever you okay. say. Whatever you we're, we're fucking working right now. And yeah. dude, they were he was already in the windup by the time I looked. Like, the pitch hits the fucking glove. Back to him in the windup already going again. Yeah, and. Granted, I mean, I, I do love to give Higgy, Higgy praise, but it makes it a lot easier to call a game when you got a pitcher with all four of your pitches working. True. <sighs> they were certainly true. working. You guys want to get into the knots? We kind of went in the hots and talked a lot about a little rounding third action. I mean, you know, Corey Kluber did throw a fucking no-hitter, so we can go a little bit off script here today. How about that? There you go. Yeah? How about we get into the knots? Let's do it. You're doing the knots? Oh, yeah. Okay. So we don't do, like, buy or sell this. You just say... Worried, not worried, because there's a lot of confusion. I know. I've been confused. <laughs> I do this. <laughs> if the sound would play for me, Mr. Soundboard. Okay. So the knots, Gregory. I'm not talking to you, talking to him, but, you know, you like the sound. Jameson yep. Tyone, last three starts, 11 earned runs given up, 15.1 innings pitched, five walks, 6-4-6 ERA. He's 1-3 on the season with a 5-7-3 ERA. Worried. 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 Derek Cole, his last start, five innings pitched, five earned, two walks, seven hits. I mean, what are we talking about Dumb here? question, Luke. I know, just needed to bring it up. Well, that should have been an honorable mention. That's, no, that that should be a topic of conversation, not in a yeah, That's why knot. I brought it up, and you got you got to not be worried about some of them. Greg bought all the fucking hots, so you know for that, good that, reason. That's, that's but a, I should I should have though. diversified more. That's a Yankees offense: three out of the last four games this series versus Texas, we scored two runs, and in the Rays series, two out of the last two out of the three games, we scored one run. And there was only three in the third game. So basically, in the last fifteen days, teams not named the Orioles, we haven't scored over. We've scored about an average of one and a half runs a game. Not worried. There's like three people in the lineup that are starters. Gary Sanchez, last 30 days, 158 batting average, three home runs. Stinks. I, I mean, worried. I'm I'm out on him. Got that's, a ball to the chest. Dropped last it. Last episode, I'm out on him. Mike Ford in the month of May, three for 27, 111 batting average, 361 OPS, 10 strikeouts out of 27 at-bats. It's that's yeah, almost I, a 50% K percentage. Let's just say I'd love to buy him a ticket to Scranton. We still can. So, so worried. those were the knots. So we, let's just recap here. So you were worried about Tyone. Obviously not worried about Cole. Another honorable mention, Chad Green hasn't really been. Honestly, Chad Green, has, we haven't really seen much of Chad Green lately. He's had 3.2 innings pitched in the last 15 days. Three earned runs and three strikeouts. So yeah. basically... An earned run every inning and a strikeout every inning. I mean, the wise guy has the become usage. the new green. Huh? The wise guy has become the new green. But green's having a good year. Like he, I, there, I saw some stat that was, uh, I forget exactly what it was, but it was he's on the list of people that have the most one-plus inning outings with zero earned runs in the league. If not, I think it was in the league. I, I'll pull it up right now. Yeah, uh, AL most relief appearances with 1.1-plus innings pitched and zero runs. 
Cal Quantrill at seven, Chad Green at six, Loisco at six. Not bad. Yeah. So bad, a bad little fifteen day stretch, mainly because he hasn't been really used that much, and maybe that is to to to, to explain that is that and that's something I've always said about relievers and why I always want to get Chapman regular usage because when you're rusty and you haven't gone in a while, you're not really going to have your best stuff. Which also speaking of which, speaking of speaking of that, Chapman didn't throw for a long time. And he comes out and he hits fucking 103 miles per hour because he's just so fresh and ready to go. Yeah, that awesome. off off topic on this a little bit. He is absolutely. I've I've talked about before in this podcast. There is no question. I brought it up as a rounding third before. Greg is Chapman the best we've ever seen him, including 2012 uh, Reds or all this Chapman. I don't even think I I was safe in that moment, but I don't even think there's a question anymore. Still hasn't allowed an earned run. Yeah, I mean he's been he's automatic at this point. It's literally automatic. Dude, I, I don't want to say it, but I do want to say it. Don't is say that, it. Don't say it. I don't know what you're going to say. I think I have an say. idea of what you're going to exactly. say. What? Do it. Guess what? What do you think I'm going to say? I don't know. That's that's why I'm I'm worried. I, what, think, what I think he's... It, we can start... If he continues this for at least another month, we start talking about him being up in there as best reliever seasons we've seen. Okay, not I, not where I was thought you were going. I you thought you were gonna go with like MVP or like something. No, crazy no, no. Or some I thought shit. you were gonna compare him to Mariano. No, but I think if he continues to have a fucking season like this, we can talk about him having one of the best single seasons on the Yankees. Yeah. No, I mean listen, better than he, potentially better than any Mariano season if he continues this. I don't know that any reliever has done this. He's having a historic okay. season, and right now there is no one in the MLB I'd rather have. In the ninth inning in a safe situation, which I could not confidently say last year, year before that. Yeah, imagine that. I haven't been confident in him the past couple of years either, but this year, I have no I, worry whatsoever. Dude, I used, to sweat more, pray, I used to sweat more than him when yeah. I was watching the games. Let's just pray he's like this in October because we've seen him go through stretches where it's like this and then all yeah, of a sudden he can't locate at all. So just he's pray never we been get this like this, though. I know. Let's just just hope that the bat part comes out in August or something, and then we get good Chapman back in October. Yeah. So you said you weren't worried about the Yankees' offense. No, not at all. They have a two twenty nine batting average the last two weeks, and they just dude against the Orioles they put up six five seven, but at out of the last eight other games outside the Orioles series, they've put up two and one runs and three once. Yeah, I know, but we're and all season we haven't been the best offensively. I don't know the numbers specifically where we rank across the league, but I doubt it's very good. I know, but you know, J- Judge was out, Urshela wasn't playing, Stan, the best hitter is out. Um, yeah, but when does that become just our regular yeah. offense? Like you can are say they ever going to be back in the lineup together? Yeah, you can say that. Oh, yeah, these guys are out. They also get well, regularly well, then scheduled well, off then days. I, well, then and this I, is just our our production on a day in day out basis. Well, then the question is really just my worried about injuries going forward, which is obviously a resounding yes. Which is obviously yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I I'm a little bit worried about the offense. Like the pitching has been. We just did a hot for the pitching, and now the not is the offense. Could you imagine before the season? I told you. One that we'd be doing the segment, which I'm happy about. It's a fun segment. But two that 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 would be the way it went. If I if you asked me, who would be hot, who would be not all season long, I would say the pitching would be not and the hitting would be hot. And it is literally the opposite. In to, and and the pitching has been all league unbelievable. Well, here's the thing. I think that the reason why I'm I guess I'm not really worried is because 
I feel like those stats are a little bit skewed because we have some outliers who are just who have just been horrendous. So we also have a few outliers who have been fantastic on the pitching side too. True, but outside of Tyone and Montgomery, who haven't been great, those numbers for the starting rotation. Very if true. If you just count Cole Kluber and Domingo, the starting rotation gets even fucking better. True, but what I'm trying to say is like the, the like our our main our main guys are starting to hit like Lemayhu. Judge, Stan was hitting, or Shell has been the clutchest guy ever. Um, like the main core group of people are doing their part and they're finally growing into, you know, their spot in the lineup. Voight's coming Voight's back and he hasn't really clicked just yet. I've been waiting for that. We're still he hasn't waiting been horrible, for that. but he's been he's been in like two, But I, I'm hitting still confident about him. He's in the ball hard left and right, so I'm not too worried. But I don't know, I feel like the main guys are are hitting well and we've always just been like a you know, there's we don't have a set lineup ever. So as long as I, the main guys are doing their job, I'm I'm not really that, and we're winning. We're winning, so I'm not not too worried. We're figuring it out. We don't need to score. We only need to win every game seven nothing. We are winning baseball games. That's fun. Uh, one other thing I did want to bring up is, I think we're done with the knots. Yeah, Mike Ford can can leave. Mike Ford. Can I hope I moon. hope he leaves. Well, we did. He, I, I I was hoping that. The, when Glaber came up, they Mike Ford would be sent. But I just hate wasn't. his facial expressions too. When he's just like, "Yep, I, yep, that was a strike." That we, did hear yep. from, we did hear yep. from an inside source. Oh, you didn't know about this, Chandler's buddy. He will be not named, but he does play for the Yankees in the oh. minor league in the system. I don't. I'm not going to name any names. He'll be our our source. We drink he said, a lot. He said <laughs> he said Ford was a dick. I oh you yeah. were there real. I forgot you were there. I was there. I mean, I was. I could see there. it, like Princeton boy, like thinking he's like you know like, hot he, shit. Yeah, apparently you know? with the the Astros, everybody in the locker room was talking about the Astros thing, and he was like, "Come on, guys, give it a rest." Like that's who cares anymore? I'll fuck him. And it was Come like a, it was like a couple weeks after it happened, and people were still talking about it in the locker room. He was just like, "Come on, guys." I'm still talking about him now. I think that's what he sounds Get him like. Off the team. I don't know what he sounds like. Uh, Come on, like- guys, they've had enough. Guys, <laughs> imagine how pissed you'd be to see what the Yankees fans did when the Astros came into town. Yeah, I know. I don't know. Do you think he would have gone on the field and be, "Come on, guys, they're done. Let's just have it's fun." Just Probably apologize to Altuve. Yeah, I'm sorry for them, dude. I don't know if Altuve ever got to first base, which he didn't. He just has a face that just looks <laughs> annoying to me, and that's just on top of him sucking. I liked him with the stash, but. No stash. Yeah, once you get rid of the stash, you're not funny anymore, and now you're just an asshole. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I want to go back quickly to the other knot with Gary Sanchez. How you asked if you're worried or not, and it's beyond the point. I, I would. Word. I there's not even worried. Like I just could care less about him. Like, yeah. No, it's literally not even. Are you worried anymore? It's like, do you have any faith whatsoever that he could ever find? What is your likelihood that like what's your percentage chance you'll give it that he can he can c- get back to that offensive player that he was in 2016 17? He's not. He's going to what What's he, your percentage chance? No, uh 10. Less, I, less I think, than 1%. I think he's going to 10. Cuz cuz here's why. Here's why. I think I think in like 10. Uh, well, here let me here let me fucking finish. I think that in like July, like late July to early August, he's going to go on some ridiculous tear. And everyone's gonna go crazy again. That's gonna bring his average up to two hundred, and <laughs> and then like up to two hundred. Yeah, because he's gonna be batting about one forty at that point. 
But I, I'm so lost with him. I, I couldn't care less. But I do think he's the streakiest person ever. This is Higgy's team. Do you think we team. trade him? I think he has negative trade value, so no. I don't. I don't think we do. I don't think so. And you know, that's not exactly true. Take a waiver on. Yeah, no, that's not true. I think he would would have relative trade value because the catcher position is so bad, and that's why I've never been. And I I have been hard on on Gary, but I'm starting to realize how bad the catcher position is offensively as a whole, and that's why you know Gary is in the in the for the past couple years combined, he's been in the upper echelon of offensive production when you look at it relatively to the catcher position. Because the catcher recently has been just basically the pitcher up, and yeah, you know that's why I've been prioritizing the catcher defense. Because if everybody's not going to hit, I want you to be able to fucking steal strikes and get, allow your pitcher to have a fucking shot at throwing a no hitter. Wow, who did that, Higgy? Okay, yeah. that's enough of this catcher. T- want, this this want, is straight up. Higgy this is Higgy's, This is Higgy's team. Higgy to play, and then Austin Balls come up, and he'll in the take playoffs. Over. You think it's you think it's one hundred percent Higgy? All the time, I would. I wouldn't I, play I, Gary Frank. unless I wouldn't play Gary unless we need need to DH him. That's the only situation I want him. Yeah. I want him on a on a field. I don't think DHing. I can take a position where Gary's catching Chapman in the ninth inning of a series clinching game. It, I, listen, I don't think I can listen, never. If that. it's if it's the bottom of the ninth, the World Series, and Gary started the whole game and he played the whole game, Higgy better throw, be in. Higgy better be in there for the last inning. I, I, I would care. rather have Mike Ford behind the plate than Gary Sanders. That's a very bold statement, but I might just agree with you just for shits and giggles. Same. <laughs> <laughs> I just don't want to see Gary behind the plate. Because at least if you put Ford back there, you know, like, oh, okay. You expect it to be bad. You expect it to be bad. Well, I still well, expect we it to be bad, but, he did, be but, he's not, but he's out of position. So, like, ah, give him a break. But you know what they were talking to? I think they asked Boone about... It's funny about this conversation about who would the the emergency catcher would be because when Gary was hurt a couple of games ago, uh, Higgy was the only catcher on the roster, and he's like, who the who would the emergency catcher be? I'm pretty sure he said Ford, uh, Void, or like he said some. I think he said did he say Geo? I, I don't know. He said some nonsense names that I wouldn't expect to be the ex- emergency catcher. If you were to put guess one person to be the emergency catcher, who would you think it would be, Greg? Who do you think could fucking get behind the dish? I think I think Geo honestly. Yeah, I think somebody like Gio. Yeah, he does get down and dirty because, with it. Yeah, like he's he's got a good glove. Yeah, he's pretty athletic. See, see if Duhart can do it. Maybe, maybe. Uh, dude, he Fuck can't. <laughs> I mean, I'll answer that for you. He can't. Did you see now exactly uh, how much pot did you smoke? <laughs> I had these. Sanchez was out fielding balls at third base the other day. Who? Before the, Sanchez was before be, the game. I don't know joke. if I've talked about this before on this podcast, but that. I don't get that. Why do that? Like, I don't. Why are you doing the out of position fielding just in case? Why? How about just get the extra couple reps at your position? Because it's the guys who aren't good at their primary position that are getting reps at other positions. Like Gary getting reps at first. Well, it's for like emergency purposes. I get it, but like maybe like get a couple extra level. reps at your position so you could not be the worst. Yeah. In high school, our coach had us. Everybody on the team hit the opposite way one day for batting practice. It makes no sense sometimes. How'd you guys do? Terrible. Okay. It was fun though. Not there you go. <laughs> Maybe you should just work at the the craft that you're going to be doing, and then not wasting time with other stuff. That's how I feel about you know Voigt playing fucking catcher. I think if I were to pick somebody to be catcher, I think it would be, I think it would be Geo. But just to be different, I think I would take Odor. Did you say Judge? 
Odor. How did that doesn't sound? The no, same. no, no. Before that, just to be different, I would take Odor. I didn't say Judge. Oh, I don't want. Ju- I thought you said uh, the catcher takes the most say... beating behind the plate. He, you think he's <laughs> yeah, dur- not durable I, now? I thought you said I would take Judge, but just to be different, I would take Odor. No, I would take Geo, but just to be different, dude. He, he couldn't gotcha. even crouch gotcha. down gotcha. that long. No. I yeah, there's no way he would. He, he would pull. He would yeah. pull something. So we talked about it a, a lot last episode about the trade situation, and I there was a few other names that came up to in mind, and I wanted to run them by you, Greg, because you haven't talked about these with us yet, and you do have one guy in particular, and I can see you licking your chops. I know where this is going. We brought it up, actually, last episode, and everybody kind of dismissed it, and I didn't really do much research on it, to be honest. I was more focused on the guys like Starlin Marte and uh, Ben Attendee and, and all the other guys that I actually really want, so... Before you get into your little spiel about your boy, and we know he's he's your favorite, and we could get after him, but there are a few names that I really think would be really. You know what? Better yet, why don't you start with, start us off? Go go ahead and go with the other names first, because I gotta get I gotta get one one more point I need. Okay, so a couple of names that I just I think would be interesting, and I want to just not I don't want to talk too much about these, but I would do want to throw them back in the mix so that if they do happen, we can check the tape and be like, oh. We got that one right, too. Just like we got the Darren O'Day thing right and the Kukor Glover thing right. Just kind of like you throw as many things into the into the pot, and if one of them hits, then we could say we got it. But I would I would definitely like to see a guy like Rymel Tapia because he's one of those low, low-key players. He's on a shit-bum team in the in the Rockies. He's making $1.9 million. And this, this deal, there's a few that are on my wish list that I hope happen, and I don't think will happen like Starlin Marte as much as I want him to be on the Yankees I don't think that that's entirely likely considering how much he does make and he's a righty and we know they're in for lefties all that stuff you know I I, I would love him to be on the team don't think it's going to happen because especially we only have five million to stay under the luxury tax and we know they want to stay under the luxury tax Marte would be all of that and we know they also probably would like to get a pitcher also so they would probably like to do a bunch of cheaper moves which Rymel Tapio makes $1.9 million this year. Split that in half. He's only costing you fucking like $800,000, $850,000. So when you talk about that, he's worth it. And he's having himself a fucking good year. He's batting 284. He's got four home runs, 22 rubies, five stolen bases. He's a lefty bat who can fucking steal bags and is apparently a good hitting for average and he can play good defense. Him and basically anybody, we didn't even mention this team, and I know Alejandro, one of our, one of our best listeners did DM us this, so shout out to you. Uh, Max Kepler, I completely forgot about. And he's not having the best year, so maybe that's why he's hitting like Mendoza right now. But everybody, and we we didn't even think about the Twins in general. We didn't realize, I did realize how bad they were doing, but for whatever reason, I just kind of was more... Well, they were fo- supposed to be good, that's I why. was more focused when we were talking about too. it. Yeah, I was more focused on the teams that are really bad like the Pirates, Rockies, Diamondbacks, and all the expected the teams that are bad, the Rangers. The Twins, I, dude, they, you said it too, Greg. They have good players. They have enough good players that can be big trade pieces. Like if I'm the Twins and we're having such a bad year, I even heard Trevor, Trevor Poof was talking about it. He was on the Twins, he's a big Twins fan. And he was saying, dude, if we do this for another month, we're in full-blown sell mode. And mm-hmm. there are some big fish on that team that could actually, like, if you're the twins and you're doing this bad, these guys can legitimately bring back a good haul. So it could be a good reset button. Guys like Jorge Polanco, I don't know that we need him. 
Nelson Cruz could bop for another team. We don't need him as well. Barrios we could go for. Who knows? He's a potential. He's, he's a good arm. He's he heard, go Jay, heard Jay Hap's doing pretty well. Jay Hap's available. <laughs> I don't want Jay Hap for the fucking life of me. But I do think that uh, I would I'd be very – I think Max Kepler has moved up my list. I wouldn't put him at number one, but he's damn close. He's a lefty who can hit for power, and he's a good outfielder. He, he's – not having the best start to the year, but we know what Max Kepler can do. I think the other interesting thing about that division, though, is like, even if you say fuck it and then just go into sell mode, that division's usually pretty fucking wide open at the start of the year. Like, I, I think that... That's what she said! <laughs> no. No. That was, that was Murph not... was here to grade my I think he performance there. Yeah. We'll, we'll play Every time I play that, I wait for the right moment, Greg, and I try and get a like a 10 out of 10 one like that was so funny that one was probably like a three i'll give myself a three on that, that was one poorly you did say it was wide open yeah but this know, time of year. better 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 context whatever anyway i'll score it low another <laughs> another uh topic where i get interrupted so I mean, it wasn't me <laughs> it was michael <laughs> michael scott it was me yeah, he's, he doesn't give a fuck what were you saying doesn't matter anymore it, it totally matters <laughs> like don't just be a, a gripe no, I'm uh, saying I'm saying like the um the division is very winnable in any year and a lot of those like, AL Central. Yeah, the AL Central. Like w- the beginning of the year when we were kind of predicting who's going to be like what's the order order going to be. I don't know. I feel like it's always just goes back and forth and who would have thought the Royals would be decent this year? We all thought the Twins were going to be great. Well, I think the Royals are going to come back down to earth a little bit. Yeah, but really. I guess I'm just I'm just trying to say like that division, you know, like the the NL Central too. Like those divisions are pretty winnable in, in any given year. You know, it's not like the AL East where we have a pretty good idea of the top teams, even though this year is really really tight. But um, I don't know. You know what I mean? Yeah, not there's not going to be one or two teams. That's what she said moments. But but you what killed it on the it? first time. Yeah, I didn't want to do it again. There's yeah. not going to be one or two teams that just beat the other three teams like relentlessly in that division, they're all just going to beat up on each other and all going to end up like, it's a bad division to tank in. There, there's no, there's no teams. like clear leading team. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like and there's no clear, like clear losing team. I think. Exactly. Yeah. Like, they, the like, Tigers suck. Yeah. Don't get exactly. me. White Sox are the best team in baseball right now. I feel like, I feel like the NL East is also a division like that where pretty much, you know, any, it's tough to any be a seller in a year, league. That's it. That tight, but is it tough or is it give more opportunity? Like, That's true. You know, I don't know. It's, it's easier to hit the reset button. The message that sends to the fans though, when there's not a, a clear cut winner in the division and you just sell, that doesn't send a good message when you're you're five games out, right? You but know? when you know you're not going to win, and you, not, and you, you know, know that you're not going to win. What I'm saying, like what Trevor Poof was saying, was like if if this happens for another month and you are pretty good idea, you're not going to win, then. Just hit the reset button, and then next year you have you have a, the same odds. Like you're you can be a not not better, but maybe you could be a more a better upside team. I, I just guess. think there's a lot of benefit to them selling because they have such players. They they do actually have star studded players, and for whatever reason the team is underperforming. Maybe they need to change the scenery. I don't know, but I think it'd be interesting, and I definitely would put Kepler on the radar. What would you What would you like to do, Greg? Actually, I want to bring up. Quick, one of the players that you just did mention, yeah. uh, Berrios. Yeah, are you you taking him or Castillo? If we could uh, trade for one, which one are you taking? 
I haven't looked at Barrios' stats this year, but I do know. 3-2 with 399 ERA, uh, 1.13 whip. I would take him in less than a heartbeat because Castillo is on my fantasy team. I actually had to skip a start this week for him because he's legitimately the worst pitcher in baseball this year. And you know what's so funny is I'm so happy we didn't trade for him because we were we were in the market of trading, but the price tag was apparently like Glaber or whatever, really high. And the Reds were like, nah, we're going to keep our guy. And their guy is hovering around eight ERA. He, he legitimately, every time I look at my fantasy team, I see like, oh, good. He's, he's a starter today. Maybe he'll turn it around today. Eight runs in the third. Jeez. I didn't even realize he was doing that bad. Jeez. Yeah, he's, he's fucking weird. Like he's been very his, streaky his, his whole career. His walks per nine are I don't know. pretty much around what his career has been. His home runs per nine are right around there, too. But he's just fucking his giving batting it average up. balls and play is 391. How, how old is fucking, he? His batting uh, average like balls and plays is 391. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, people are fucking tearing the cover off the ball on him. He's 28. Dude, I, I do believe that he will turn it around. I don't think this is the pitcher that he is. I really thought he was older. But, and you know, maybe, you know, honestly, maybe this is the pitcher that he is because he hasn't had much of a sample size of being great for that long. So maybe, you know, I don't know. He, he's pretty fucking terrible right now for the purposes of your question. I'm taking Barrios without even batting an eyelash. All right. So now, Luke, we'll get to what everybody's been waiting for. Yeah, the world. You guys brought him this. up. Brought him up briefly on the podcast on Tuesday. Oh, wow. He listened. But, you know oh, what yeah. they were listening to. Oh. Huh? Yeah. I only knew that because you mentioned it earlier, which Daisy do hot. But you listened. Daisy and made me happy. <laughs> <laughs> um, Brian Reynolds. Brian Reynolds. I don't know Reynolds. if he, what your opinion is on either of you two, but he is the perfect guy that the Yankees would go after. Tell he's me why. 26 years old, so he's young. He still has all of his arbitration years left. He's not even eligible for arbitration until 2022. He's only making $601,000 this year. And he's on a team, the Pirates, who Sucks. we've made Suck. deals with We've made deals with before in the past. True. So it's, we, we're familiar with the GM. And I don't, he, he's a switch hitter. I, I just think that he, he's switch. tall. He's six switch three. now. Where does he play? Outfield? He plays outfield. He plays primarily oh. center field. He's not a great defender. But he plays primarily center and we left. He's probably better suited than left. In the market for another switch hitter, considering we ours are. stinks. Ours sucks. And, and you know the Yankees love tall players. He's six three. They got a lot of tall guys, huh? The Pirates. They got O'Neill Cruz, who's like six nine thousand million feet tall. Yeah, that checks out. He's a tree at shortstop. Wild. This isn't a Pirates podcast, though. So you really? Why do you want Brian Reynolds? What's his? What are his stats this year? I know he's so cheap. He, I know he's, a, he's an outfielder, left switch hitter. Is he, yeah, is he like so, a better lefty though? That's what we want. I, I, I the switch hitter doesn't do it for me ex- just on switch hitter alone because when you hear switch hitter and then you look at Hicks's splits from both sides, yeah, he ain't a switch hitter. He just, he's, he just he's, likes he's to right hit from hitter. both sides. He's a <laughs> he's a righty that can swing in the left side but doesn't make contact. Yeah, it so, looks good but it doesn't perform well. All right, this is not helping my case that much. But <laughs> granted, granted, it's still a lot better than anybody else on our team. As a lefty this year, he's hitting two fifty five. As a righty, he's hitting 372. Okay. I mean, so, those stats are better than he's still, that. Else. I would consider that still a switch hitter, though, because the benefit you get from sw- switching to that side and at least hitting 255, you get the lefty, you get rid of the lefty lefty matchup, a ready ready matchup. So that I will give him that. Hicks is like, I don't even know his splits, but I think it's, it's terrible. 
Yeah, it ain't it. No, it ain't the left hand side he was hitting like point eight. Yeah, no, he isn't a switch hitter. He's I'll hitting give... two ninety on the year. He's on base percentage of three eighty seven, slugging of four fifty five. Not last year, I'm not counting because that was a bullshit year. Who knows yeah. what happened? In 2019, he hit 314 with a 377 on base percentage and 503 at slugging. So he doesn't walk a ton, which is something that Hicks does do, but he still does get on base because he hits for high average. He brings another part of baseball to our team, which we don't have. I mean, we only have DJ. He's our only contact hitter. I guess, honestly, you could kind of say Gio is like a somewhat of a contact hitter. I don't know. He's yeah. just a good hitter. He's, but, like, he's been in 300 I mean, since if, he's been a Yankee, I think. If Reynolds came on the team, he would have the fifth highest batting average on the team right now. So, Yeah, he'd be. I think he'd be a great acquisition. He's somebody that the Yankees look for. Wait, what's, what's his total batting average? I was going off the left-hand side. 290. Oh, so that would make him the second best hitting average on the team. Yeah, he's, he's a very good underrated player. I don't know how much it would take to get him, honestly, because he is only 26. He has all of his arbitration years left, which I said, but... Like, that's somebody the Yankees like to go for. I think we may have went for Hicks in the same situation a couple of years ago. But do you think, like, that he has upside plays into what they'll, what they'll ask for? Probably, but at the same time, look at what they've gotten as a return for their other players that had upside. I mean, the the Pirates are in a position where I, I did, Ben Sherrington's the GM there now, right? Couldn't tell you. I don't know. You seem I think confident. he is. <laughs> I, and, uh, that was a name. <laughs> Somebody correct me if I'm wrong, but like they, they don't really have a plan. They're just selling everybody, and he's not going to be somebody that fits their window. Their window's not ha- coming within the next three years once he turns 29. At that point, kind of starts to go downhill almost. Hey, I'm but, all for it. How much did you say he makes again? $600,000. Okay, yeah, well. See, the weird thing, though, is We could that... get him and, and Max Kepler and still be fine. Guys like that, though, don't really, I feel like... He could be one of the ones that goes, but he's young. I guess he doesn't fit the window because he's kind of in his prime right now. But I don't know. With those kind of players, you tend to have to give up more for, which is a, a weird way of thinking about it because you have to give up more for the shittier, low-paid players than if you were to go for, relatively, I'm saying, if you were to trade for Max Scherzer, who's older and has you know one year left on his contract, it's it's going to, I mean, piece by piece, it's going to cost more for Scherzer. But relative talent, you like you would think you'd have to spend more on a guy who's better, but you don't. Like the, older, his, the older uh, guys don't... go for less, and the guys with big contracts go for less because you got to eat the contract, too. What, what's his uh, contract look like? Uh, he's just on his like his rookie, rookie deal, deal oh, still. He's making 600 so, yeah, I knew how much. I know eligible, what years. Eligible. Less than us on the podcast. Arbitration eligible nah. 2022. He oh, still yeah, has all three, of his, all three of his minor league options. Not a free agent until 2026. And it's, I know, like, you know, you're saying, like, get a one year guy, Luke, but you can have him as a multi year guy because. Hey, we were talking about that last episode. Gar- Gardner should not be on the team next year. I'm sorry. Frazier. I mean, he shouldn't has... have been. I mean, luckily he's doing better I'm, now. I'm not but... upset with Gardner right now. He's the least of my worries. I will be, but, no but being everybody was upset when he initially signed. Yeah, I'm, I've come around on it. Yeah. I think I'm, yeah, I'm he's happy he's here because we need him right now. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, otherwise, on Tuesday, you were pretty upset right. about about uh him being here not talking but i do i want talkman to come back I, but anyways, I, don't, and I don't care that talkman's not really playing that well i still would like to talk next have a, year you can, sweet spot you, can move him, you can move him to left field next year and have him be your everyday left fielder i mean apparently tyler wade's our right fielder yeah he's gonna be judge out of his spot it's gonna he might be clint out of his spot <laughs> 
I mean, at this not rate, not that hard. At this rate, <laughs> anybody could beat Clint out of the spot. Before we close out here, I did want to talk a little bit about the just. This is a little bit talk of the MLB right now, but that Yerman Mercedes thing. I just want to get everybody's take, and I want to get a resounding around the table. Uh, fuck the unwritten rules. Hit the crap out, out of the, the ball. Did you see what CC said? Everybody saw what yeah. CC said, right? Yeah. Uh, let me play it on the podcast. Let me. S- I don't have it pulled up. Whatever. CC basically just shit on the whole thing and said, if you if you don't want us to hit the ball, don't put a fucking position player on the mound. If you if, if you don't if you think it's too much, I actually wanted to look up that. How like what is the biggest comeback this year or even just like every year? Like what's the biggest comeback ever? Because the unwritten rule oh. makes no fucking sense to me when like what, what, what defines a safe lead? Because that's not even fair because okay, now because what he said, he said put a ten run limit like a mercy rule in. If you're gonna get pissed and throw a guy on the mound and be pissed when people score on you, throw a ten run mercy rule so the team can at least get the win and not worry about you coming back because this is a major league game. I've seen there. I'm I'm hoping you can find that number because it's, I'm really curious what like routinely, not routinely, but can become came back from in game. Well, I'm games. trying to find like a recent year one that's relevant. Um, I don't know what a safe lead is. I don't three, think... three, fourteen, four, fifteen. These are, these are scores, by the way. So eleven, so like eleven. Yeah, runs, eleven, ten, so ten, ten runs. Ten I, mean, runs. I know they're up by a bunch, but. I don't know what a safe lead is because you could never be too safe. It's if you want to get the win, what are you going to do? But it's like, I, I think that it's like one, it's you're, you're giving up. Why should we also just give up? Right. When like, we're going to give you the outs. And I think it was cool. What CC said, he was like, either, um, throw a fucking pitcher or just do the mercy rule. Like, just give yeah. up. Like how, like have a white, like, flag, take team like have a white flag rule. Like, yeah. you know, we don't want to play anymore. Yeah. Like in little league, like hey guys, like I do that all the time. LB these the these kids are not twelve years old; they're hitting the crap out of the ball. Let's give up. Another what would thing, happen if, a, if a manager just pulled the team off the field, they're like, don't go I mean, back out there, just stop it. They'd never be able to do that. That'd be even more embarrassing. But I don't know. It's just it's one just thing so about that, though. I just look at what Mercedes, people are upset about it. People are genuine. Tony Larusa too. That was a oh, big part of it him, too. Though. His own team. Fuck. He was like, I'm, it was, it's, I'm glad it was handled the way it was afterwards. He's gonna take his fucking. Medicine. This is the perfect player to have this happen to because I don't know if you saw Mercedes pitched against the Red Sox like two weeks ago. He yeah. was throwing gas. He was throwing like 88 miles an hour. He was throwing off speed pitches, like everything. So like if you're gonna have a position player come in, like it's not like they can't throw hard. Yeah, dude. Just well, throw it in. Like like uh was that today? At least or... give an attempt. If you're no, gonna throw a sixty mile an hour pitch, what? like I'm gonna hit a fucking like bomb and that's gotta be a player's mentality yeah so today today the the giants reds game was 1914 was the end and the reds brought in a pitcher and he was throwing 90 miles an hour he's a position player he's throwing 90 they brought a position player in in a close game 19 to 4 oh i think you said 14 oh sorry i think you did say 14 i I probably did but it was nine i heard 19 4 okay okay the number so it was um Let's see if I can find his name, but it was, I don't know, it was one of these guys, but they had a bunch of position players coming. I think it was, no one's going to know his fucking name, but he was still 90, 90 miles an hour. He's a position player. So it's not like, I mean, the argument is they don't want to get hurt, but whatever. I mean, don't bring him in if you don't want to get him to hurt. Another big thing that I did realize on this that I thought was an interesting point is that like, you can't get mad at your mom Mercedes as well, or anybody for that matter, because it, this is a league where, especially for him. You know, Tatis did it. Tatis is Tatis. He's he, he's going to get paid no matter what because he's that type of player. 
your man Mercedes is going to get paid based on what he does this year and what stats he puts up this year. So if he gets an opportunity to do to hit a fucking home run, he's not going to fucking, no one's going to look at that and be like, oh, that was off position player. They're going to be like, oh, you have an extra home run on the yeah. belt. You're going to get paid X amount more because that's what you did this year. So in his case, he's not going to just turn off because of that he needs to get fucking paid. And I'm sure, I mean, we're talking about a lot of cheap contracts. I guarantee he's not making fucking much because he wasn't supposed to be there this year. No, yeah, 100%. So, the, the, this last is, thing, the last thing I'll say about this is the thing that makes, the thing that makes actually zero sense is when everyone was saying, oh, it's a 3 0 count. Um, just take a pitch. Then 3 1, you can swing. Like, 3 doesn't change any fucking 3 1's the pitch to hit, you know? Like, you're going to get the same pitch. Okay, if you're going to get the same pitch, then why do you need to wait to 3 1 to pitch just uh, to hit? Just fucking hit the ball. Just fucking hit the ball. Congrats, this is congrats to uh, Rugi, paternity leave. The perfect time, <laughs> For like though. an hour. <laughs> like, he was he back. Had, he had a kid, right? Yeah, but he came back, like, as soon as he was bored. Wait, Odor had a kid? Yeah, yeah paternity leave for like three hours. Like, yeah, it was literally like an hour. He just missed the game. He missed one game. Just to circle back quickly to the unwritten rules, I'm only saying it because this just happened. But Jeff Jeff Passan just tweeted that an investigative reporter, Eli Grober, has uncovered baseball's unwritten rules, and they are hilarious. So I'm just going to read a couple of them off for you guys right now. Rule number two, if your team has a big lead near the end of the game, you should just stand motionless in the batter's box <laughs> and let the pitcher play catch with the catcher. That's baseball. It's what we all tune in for. And this is back from like the 1800s. Rule three, if you Wait, hit a home real? run, don't you? Yeah, apparently. Unless I'm getting like duped, but I'm pretty positive it's real. Someone probably just like three. put it together. If you hit Keep a going. home run, don't you dare look at it. Look straight ahead while you jog around <laughs> the bases and not so fast and not too slow. Like all the time? I guess that's a that's an every time thing. Don't look at your home run. I uh, yeah, I guess. Just can't pimp it. There are more. Yeah, rule six: if you're throw, if a pitcher is throwing a no hitter, you're not allowed to bunt. That's a good. That's one. a good. That's a, that's the only one I stand behind. I like that one. Is there yeah. more. Keep going. I like these. Uh, rule ten: if a player breaks any one of these rules, <laughs> someone else should throw a hard baseball ninety miles per hour at their head. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that one I read that. Again, the only uh, one yeah, I approve of is the bunt. These on. are this is totally a joke. Another another unwritten rule that I kinda, I mean, I don't hate is the it's not even it's like barely an unwritten rule. It's just the one where you it's like a tradition type thing. It's the one where you don't like step on the the chalk. That's a law. That's that's, that's a law. That's an unwritten law. That's, not that's like a superstition. Yeah. yeah. No, that that's not an unwritten rule. Because I was talking to my friend about that. that at, that's at a soft, rule. That's yeah. not an unwritten rule. Yeah, yeah that, that should be a written rule. At softball the other day, I was talking about that. And I was teaching my buddies who, who hadn't played baseball when they were a kid. And I was like, oh, you like, don't. We were, we were jogging onto the field. And I was like, oh, don't, don't, don't step on the, the chalk. And he did every single time. And I'd say to him every time, like, you did it again. And then my buddy who plays third was like, you sound, this is when the Yerman Mercedes thing happened. He's like, you sound like all those old boomers. He's like, Oh my god, do you care about the unwritten rules? Like, dude, it's just like the thing. That 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 should be a I don't give a, a fuck rule. if you hit a tank off a position player, but I mean it's just a it's a thing that you learned growing up. Like don't step on the, the chalk. I think if you bunt in the eighth inning and a no hitter, it should be an out. Yeah. I've done it in the show, I can't lie. That's you're different. you're you're an asshole. You're the problem. You're the problem with this society. All right, that'll do it from us. Oh, before we before we signed off here, we talked about hot or not. I have been hot on Action Network today. Today, yesterday, I was down by 17. Greg, you've used Action Network before? Yeah, I have. Uh, I actually, yeah, I used it like for a while, actually, like 
three, four years ago, maybe. Yeah, we use it in college all the time. We're back yeah. using it. Uh, I got Green Dot City today. Right now? Yeah. Check my action. I got uh, Red Sox winning right now. I picked San Fran and I picked Yankees. If you want to follow our action, download the Action Network app. And I'm 161 Luke. Damon is 161 Damon. Greg, if you want to plug your action, you can. You're more than welcome. Uh, I don't have it readily available. Okay, 161 Murphy, 161. Just look Bing up Greg the other ones. and try and find them. There's whoever finds probably only first. a couple. But I'm projected yeah, to be up again right today. Now. Projected three and one. And the other day, like I told everybody last time, I found out how. Oh, geez, I saw Red Dot City on yours. Well, this is my week. I'm. I was green today. This week, I'm, see my week. I'm down a lot. I was down. What I'm 10, it? 13 all time. I'm up in the last seven days, 21.29 units. Only bets I've got in right now are PGA championship right, bets. Good. So. I was down a lot, Greg, but I put I won 18 units on the first five. Actually, it's funny because I put 18 units or I put like 15 units on it because it was plus 120. So I got 18 back on the first five. San Francisco Giants versus the Reds because Castillo was pitching. Castillo is the fucking worst pitcher on the planet. So I was like, okay, I'm going to fade Castillo. And he did it. He didn't. Well, he did it. Not it. He he helped me because he sucked. And I, I actually place. skipped a start in fantasy baseball. He's on my bench. You should just place a parlay every day for the three teams that are playing, the Mariners, Indians, and, and the Rangers. And the yeah, Rangers doesn't and the teams that got no hit. It, that, has to, that has to be profitable. Has to be. We we've tried to figure out the the magic formula many many times and we still haven't. We used to get chalkboards every single morning at nine a.m. Get our picks together. All right, well, never won. <laughs> that'll do it. Follow the Action Network. You'll get our bets in real time. You can track your own. So it's a lot of fun. Catch you guys later. All the guys at one hundred and sixty first Street. I just have two words for you. See ya.